0: Hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. Yet another week of record-breaking scores, judiciary charges and swear words as the team list came out today. Here to make some sense of it is a man who's sinking in the rankings so
1: fast his nickname is now Stonefish. Wilf, how are you? Uh, Look, you're you're spot on. I am sinking like a stone. I'm dragging the chumps only league down. I'm dragging myself down. Yeah, not doing that great but it's a long season. I'm here for the long haul, so definitely not giving up, but yeah, it's it's been a rough five, six weeks, Whatever, however long it's been, I've lost track.
0: It has been, mate. You're a few ticks off uh, the 15K mark, which is, um, you know, not that many weeks ago is where Bear was, um, so I guess there is hope because he is blowing both of us up, mate. He got a 1472 this week, and he's ranked 1831, so... Do you see yourself in five or six weeks uh, getting back up to that
1: point, mate? Look, I wouldn't write it off. I'm pretty well placed for round 13, so depending on how everyone else is travelling, if I, I guess, managed to score 1,500 in round 13,
0: I might be a shot. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Well, I had a fairly mediocre week, which is ridiculous, when, you know, it's 1,395 was my score, but it dropped me 1,500 spots to around 4,500. Um it's, yeah, it's just one of those seasons, and we've got uh, yourself here tonight, Bears having a, a night off, and we're joined by, I guess he's a champion bloke, not only in Super Coach, where he won in 2017, but off the field too, Sam Rolfe. We missed you at Magic Round, mate. How are you? Not too bad, guys. for Joe, how are we both going? Very, very well. Well, me a little bit better than Wilf, but um, I guess keen to understand where you're uh, sitting in the rankings, mate. How's the season going for you?
2: It's been a seasons of ups and lots of downs. I'm uh, coming off a of 14.51 from last weekend, which is probably like a pass ball by the looks of it. And I'm sitting just under the 8,000 rank, 7,899.
0: Yeah, and we've said this over the past few weeks on the pod, just how ridiculously tight it is. And with these scores, you know, people are going up and down in the rankings like a yo-yo, and that includes some of our champs, wealth.
1: Yeah, so... Uh, last week we had you know, two in the top twenty. We still have two in the top twenty. So shout out to Reese, Coach of Thrones Legion, slid a little bit to twelve. And we've got MJ, Coach of the Forty Twenties. He's moved from seventeenth to fourteenth. So they're holding strong, which is really hard. Like it's so easy to slip from like the top ten. And I've seen like, in the rankings people dropping hundreds of spots, literally in in a week, if not two. So it's yeah, it's it's an effort to stay up there. That's for sure. So so it's uh, yeah it's a rough rough competition this year but look public service announcement for the third week running we've had a record-breaking supercoach score this season is absolutely crazy it's different to anything we've seen in the past like just the unprecedented levels of scoring like how often in the past did you score 1400 and lose ranks like it's just never basically uh, you're seeing people moving four, or even 500 points gaining on the leaders in one week so uh, like yeah, long story short, don't give up, basically. So it's as far back as I am from the seams like you know top thousand finish or whatever. I, I really I'm not that far back. So well and truly keeping at it, that's for sure.
0: And uh I can't remember if you mentioned it, Chumps only league down to fifteenth overall, um, but still doing pretty well. You're certainly dragging this down a little bit there, Wilf. Um, and in the Turbo's Hammy. Turbo's Hammies Cup, uh, the podcaster league, I've uh, managed to finally uh, sneak my nose ahead of you, mate, and that's because I beat you head-to-head this week. So all round a good week or a better week to be Joe Fitz. And um, speaking of a good week to be Joe Fitz, support for the Supercoach Champions podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who's the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Uh, big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Anyone who met up with me on the Sunday of Magic Round, I promised that I'd be wearing the Manscaped cologne, and it smelled pretty good as well. Uh, Manscaped's trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne's a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Uh, it's got a beautifully designed glass bottle and it makes a statement and the manly sense attractive to set the mood. Uh, well, at least that's what the ladies' uh, faces said when I was walking past at Suncorp a couple of weeks back. Um, it's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code champions at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. All right, so now that we've uh, got through the introductions and around the grounds, guys, uh, we've got NRL Physio Wilf. Uh, You've had a chat to him early today
1: to talk us through the injuries. So this, just to note, before I uh, play the chat for us, I caught up with him on Monday, uh, Monday morning. So we recorded a little bit earlier than usual. Not as much info had come out yet, so just uh, something to keep in mind as you listen, but some really insightful, as always, uh, really insightful comments from him, and I think – it's a good listen, so we'll just play that now. What's the matter? I've sure seen a football injury before, you wimps. Let's go. All right, welcome back, Brian, the NMR physio himself. It's round 11 in the books, and not too busy injury wise, but always um, it's great to get you on to chat through a few things. Firstly, mate, how are you going?
3: Yeah, good, mate. Uh, like uh, like I think I said on Patreon last night, it's been a uh, very quiet two weeks. I don't know whether these, uh, you know, the new high tackle interpretations are, are having an injury effect. Obviously not on concussion. There's been like plenty of um, HIAs, failed HIAs over the last couple of weeks. But in terms of musculoskeletal injuries, it's, uh, it's looking like at this stage, I put out a thing on Twitter last night to see if I'd missed any, but potentially the most injury-free rounds, uh, you know, non-concussion-wise, in the, all the time that I've seen in the NRL, anyway. So uh, crazy weekend.
1: Yeah, I don't know if that's just because all the guys are injured already and they're yeah. on the sidelines. <laughs>
3: right. Yeah, well, there's not that many training injuries. I mean, we're going to talk about it now, but there's just so many that are happening. You know, so many guys who are pulling up or or not even maybe not even training, but just not being reported till later in the week. So uh yeah, it's 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 a bit of a weird time in the NRL at the
1: moment. All right, since you mentioned training injuries, let's jump straight into it. So first off, I think the Sharks, three of them hit by midweek training injuries, starting with obviously one of our favourite players, Sean Johnson.
3: Yeah, yeah. So hamstring injury he's been out the last couple of weeks we I think we spoke about it briefly last week but yeah it's it, it's just one of those ones it's looking like he'll be back this week so it's actually a positive thing that he's taken a couple of weeks off you know with with hamstring injuries a bit more time off will reduce that risk of of, of re-injury so it's certainly a, a positive sign that he's taking a couple of weeks off but once again as we spoke about last week it's, it's just not he's not someone who i'd be rushing to get back into my sides coming off the achilles a, a very very extensive history of low limb muscle strains you know you like you'd want him to get through at least a month of, of footy before you you think about bringing him into your side and then similarly with um Similarly, with like draft players and stuff like that, you probably want to be clearing um, clearing him out if you can, because he's probably a good a good sell, I reckon.
1: Yeah, fair call. Kind of fortuitous that I managed to sell him earlier on in our Draft Legends League, which yeah. has turned out all right for me there. So, And that's Jesse Ramian, I think he was at a fractured eye socket or something like that.
3: Yeah, yep. So that's one, I mean, I try not to um, talk myself up too much, but that was one where if you go off the injury analysis, you could have got an edge there, because the shark sort of initially came out and said he'll miss four to six weeks, um, and it's and and I sort of had said that look the, these guys can come back really really quickly from eye socket fractures, some guys within a week or two, um, so it's looking like he there were reports yesterday that he will be back next week and that'll be after only missing two weeks. So um, yeah, I scooped him up in I'm in three uh, draft leagues. I already owned him in one, and I scooped him up in the other two once he got dropped. And um, by all accounts, yeah, it's looking like he'll be back uh, uh, this week. So um, yeah, it's good for, good for the Sharks and, and good for anyone who sort of um, who went out and picked him up.
1: Yeah, I did uh, notice that that was uh, something that you managed to pull in our league there. That's okay. Any yeah, news? I don't get too many. Minutes. Any news on Sienna Katoa? I'm asking for a friend.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, like there, there, to be honest with you, it's been not much. The the only thing I can say is that there was one of the guys posted a photo of the rehab group and said reinforcements coming back soon. Yeah. So I assume I assume he's back soon. Look, there, were, there are there heaps. He and um, Murtalo, um there's like been heaps and mystery around both of those we never really got a clear diagnosis on either of them unfortunately they both were sort of complex knee injuries so um, yeah like a, it, it's really hard to sort of be accurate and then once again, there's, there's just been nothing from the Sharks in terms of, um, in terms of like where they're at at training and, and all that kind of stuff. Unfortunately, the Sharks aren't one of those teams that puts out a weekly sort of rehab report. Yeah. Um, so yeah, going off purely off the amount of time that's elapsed and the fact that, you know, he was in that photo saying he should be back soon. You'd think he'd be back in the next couple of weeks with guys like that. They, I, I would think they'd probably just wait till after the bye. Um, you know, give him the extra week and then bring him back then.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So something to keep an eye on, uh, potential round seventeen number, obviously for classic players. Now, another, I guess, bit of a shock was Harry Grant uh, with a hamstring injury last week. Now, I understand it's uh, he was out. Um, he, it was on radio, and he mentioned he might be up for up to four weeks.
3: Yeah, look, it, like once again, it was one that we spoke about. Like as soon as they started talking about a tear, um, you know, they they said it was minor, but they as soon as they using a tear that. Kind of makes you worry about at least a grade two injury. So, you know, a partial tearing in the muscles. And as we spoke about, usually that's sort of a four to six week return to play, which is kind of what Harry Grant's talking about. Um, it doesn't look like he'll be back next week for the, um, for the Broncos. So I think his best case is either, you know, A, he gets picked for origin. Um, and and plays there, or be, you know, if he he doesn't get picked, he might be a a round 13 number potentially. Uh, But I don't think that's a guarantee either because that, you know, like it'll be, he'll be pushing a hammy, you know, the the Storm are well-known this season for being quite conservative with their injured guys, and they've got Brandon Smith there, you know, as a good good replacement so i don't i don't see melbourne at this stage of the season taking risks with guys and especially a guy like harry grant with his hamstring Um, so yeah, he's another one. Even when he does come back, you want him to get through at least the first two weeks. Like that, that's a big thing with hammies and you will have seen, I I tweeted out and copped a bit of flack for it when I did about Tommy Turbo, but you you want the guys to get through the first two weeks coming off a hamstring injury. The, the risk is quite high. It's up around sort of eight, nine percent for the first two weeks. Um, but then it drops down to sort of below, like around 2% and below, um, You know, moving forward from there. So you just usually want to give them a look for the first couple of weeks, and then go from there.
1: I think the the reality is, if you know you hadn't tweeted that out about Tommy Turbo and he did go down again, I mean you would have cop some flag either way. So
3: and that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and it's once again like we're talking eight or nine percent. So there's still a ninety percent chance, right, that these guys are going to get through it. So it's not like. You know, it's like as soon as I tweet that out, oh yeah, Tommy Turbo's expected to get injured. He's still looking at nine, he plays 10 games, he's only going to get injured in one on that day. Um, But yeah, it's still, you know, eight or nine percent, it's still worth noting. And and, and it was certainly something I just didn't bring him in until his third week back because I I just didn't want to take that increased risk.
1: You say one out of every 10 games he'll get injured in that kind of circumstance, but it feels like whenever he's in my team, it's one every out of every two. So <laughs> be thankful I didn't bring him in. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. So on that, uh, Cam Munster, do you have any updates on that?
3: It's one player, once again, like we, we've got, we've had a lot of information on Grant, we've had a lot of information on Pappenhausen, but there hasn't been a lot about Munster. I mean, the, the Liz Frank injury chat was from, I think it was one of the YKTR podcasts or something like that that he does. You know, I, like he was in a boot on Instagram, as you know, most of the injury information I tend to get these days is from Instagram stories and stuff like that, which is just a fantastic way to get, um, to get injury info. But, uh, yeah, look, by all accounts, they did think it was a minor Liz Frank injury. So I, I guess he is a chance for this week. But Craig Bellamy only really spoke about Jerome Hughes in the, in the post-match presser. Um, after after round eleven, so he didn't really mention Munster. So that that kind of you know makes me. And that was a direct question of Are you getting any of your injured brigade back next week? So the fact he didn't mention him, you know, might be a bit of ducks and drakes. But um, yeah, he he might be one once again that we're not seeing until Origin. Uh, once again, we'll I'll preface this by saying that we're recording this a little bit earlier than usual on um, you know Monday Monday lunchtime. So we might hear a little bit more news before you guys get to listen to this on Tuesday night. But, yeah, he's one I'd still be a bit 50-50, and I think, I think he might be an Origin an origin returnee.
1: Which it obviously makes it difficult if, for those who had held him, but hopefully they sold based on our advice previously. Now, a couple of other, I guess, Origin guys. Cam Murray, I know people are hanging out for news him because obviously there's flow on effects. If he doesn't make it back in time for Origin, uh, what do you reckon his odds are there?
3: Yeah like yeah, Wayne came out and pretty emphatically said that if he doesn't play um if he doesn't play this week that he doesn't want Murray picked for origin um and and it'll be a four week return to play from a grade 2 syndesmosis injury which is kind of very best case scenario um with those sort of partial tears of a of a syndesmosis that yeah coming back at, at around that four week mark Everything would have to go right. Even if he does come back next week, and Wayne didn't sound too confident that he would be back this week, it, it sounds like I'd say there'd be some performance implications. So, even though, and we've spoken about it on here before, the, the difference between return to play and return to performance. So, yeah. he probably, like, you know, if he, if he is able to sneak back this week, I doubt he's going to be at his, you know, at his barnstorming best, you know, busting tackles, quick play the balls, all that kind of stuff. He might just be a little bit limited, um, you know, with a little bit of pain, swelling, and he'll probably have to get needled up and stuff like that. So, yeah, I I think he's unlikely for this week, but even if he does come back, I, I wouldn't expect him to set the world on fire and then, you know, does that. Well, I mean... You don't get to say this very often about New South Wales, but they do seem to have guys dropping like flies um, all over the place with Crichton facing the suspension and Radley and all that kind of stuff. So they might need to pick him out of necessity if he is fit. But um, yeah, at the moment, I'm leaning towards he'll probably be sitting it out.
1: Yeah, I guess the benefit for New South Wales is they do have a lot of depth in the back row. So even with Bradley and Murray gone, they've obviously still got Jack Turbo there, who's been mediocre, but obviously getting the job done. There's Isaiah Yo, who's killing it for the Panthers, and Ryan Madison. I know people are a bit off that because they want him to play round 13 for, for the Supercoach teams. But I think, honestly, it makes a lot of sense as the next man up in that back row. So yeah, big, big implications there if Murray isn't fit to go. And look, I just want to finish off talking about Ryan Pappenhausen because, you know, I've been a faithful, loyal Pappenhausen owner who just who's just stuck by him through thick and thin, <laughs> but, to my own detriment. But look, is there concern that he is not going to play round thirteen?
3: Yeah, like I, like I think at this stage there is. Like I, I sort of said, I did a bit of a rap on Patreon last night and I said this is kind of why I, you know, got into the whole injury analysis side of things is because if if we had access to information like this with Pappenhausen, it allows us to make a much more sort of informed and educated decision. Um, obviously, unfortunately, and even for someone like yourself, we didn't have this information until it was too late, you know, like it, until... That I think Harry Grant had the radio interview on Friday morning or something like that, where he said that Grant has a history. Sorry, Pappenhausen has a history with you know um, you know extended recovery from concussion a couple of years ago. He had multiple weeks off after suffering a concussion, and and look, concussion is hard to judge. But the one thing you sort of can I guess use to predict, and, and we've seen it with Madison, is that you know if a player has a history with ongoing and recurrent concussion symptoms, they are more likely to require multiple weeks to return from a concussion in the future, particularly one where they suffered sort of post-match symptoms. And we spoke last week about the, the doughy comment that Melbourne sort of brought out. Which was a bit like not the most anatomical term at the time, but if you hear that and then you add that to the fact that he's had a history in the past couple of years of a, of a nasty you know reaction and, and and sort of taking a bit longer to recover from a concussion. The, the fact that, you know, um, they've come out, I think Bellamy came out and said it could be three to four weeks return to play. That's not surprising at all. You know, it's, it's one of those things there. Once again, they've got a really good replacement in Nico Hines. So they're going to be more than happy to take their time with Pappenhausen and, and sort of see how, you know, see how he recovers and how he settles down. I think they, there was a report this morning that he's only back to light exercise at this stage, which is kind of the first or the second stage of, um, of, of the HI or the concussion protocol so yeah like there, there definitely is it's like i'd say it's probably 50 50 i say it's probably it's either around 13 around 14 and that's provided everything goes well but there's a chance that he, he might not be back for that sort of I, i'd be shocked if they picked him for origin number one especially off this in a couple of weeks due to a you know what is a, a an ongoing concussion uh but yeah i'd like i, I I sold sold him this week, and I'm I'm kind of happy I did to not have that sort of you know I guess stress. I, like I'll I'll make the decision to bring him back in if he's if he's named for round thirteen, but um, yeah for for the moment it's it's a stress I don't need in my life I don't
1: think. Yeah, uh, I can tell you it's definitely a lot of stress. <laughs> but, yeah, hundred uh, percent. And this is the annoying thing, right? Because without the someone keeping track of the history, we would have no idea. And you know if we had known that. Even just four or five weeks ago, I'd be sitting here laughing it up with Tommy turban and my team, and not right. Pappenhausen still. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, it is.
3: And that's the that's the hard thing with that one is like you know if if Pappenhausen had been playing in the NRL for that time, I would have that information. But it's something that it's obviously happened in New South Wales Cup or something like that, where you know we don't really have. But you know if we. If we at least had, you know, some some sort of database, or you know, the NRL kept something about, you know, injuries to guys, or, or you know, hopefully, you know, we move five years down the track, and 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 all the information that I've sort of collated over time is is helping inform those decisions about players too. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just a disappointing set of circumstances that we didn't find out that information until sort of too late in the week for guys to for it to help them out.
1: And speaking of expecting the NRL to be professional to has to have their own de- database of stats and things like that. I think it's worth giving you a bit of a shout out that you actually collated stats more efficiently and effectively and I think journalists were asking the NRL for questions and they didn't answer it all until you dropped I think you had a, <laughs> a, a summary there and then they referred to it basically in responding to yeah, those journalists.
3: It's real um you know, like i like I aim a lot of my stuff as as much as I try and be as you know, as, as professional as possible. I'm not a researcher so I just aim all my stuff at fans, right? A lot of my um a lot of my information is tailored towards fans and and so Yeah, like I'm, I'm not like yeah, it's great. Obviously, great to be referred to, but I'm, I'm sure I was shocked. The reason I did that info wasn't because I thought the NRL didn't have it. It was because I thought they would never release it to the fans. So that's why I did it because I was like, well, this would be really useful information for the fans. But I thought for sure that the NRL would have that. Yeah, I was shocked to hear that they didn't. So um, yeah, it's great great to be referred to but yeah shocked that
1: they didn't have someone on that for sure surely you're going to get appointed officially at some point (laughs) (laughs) or you need to charge a contractor's fee
3: yeah that's well that's i think that's the the point of uh patreon now i think is is trying um
1: yeah like obviously the
3: information is getting more and more valued so hopefully uh hopefully get something back in that way
1: yeah definitely valued by us super coaches anyway but mate let's finish up there thank you again for your time Uh, Always good to get your insight, and yeah, no doubt we'll catch you again soon. No worries, mate. Talk to you then. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. Except
0: you, you, and you. All right, thanks to NRL Physio for that chat. And Sam, uh, plenty of listening to Will for the last few minutes talking, so I'll throw to you for the Broncos-Storm game. Um, Obviously, lots of changes um, with the Broncos and the Storm through suspension and form. The likes of Milford uh, is back, Herbie Farnworth in the centres, and obviously Pappenhausen out for the Storm uh, really changes things up. Any players jumping out at you for this clash?
2: Uh, For the Storm, I like, uh, especially for uh, next week as well, Jerome Hughes. I'm just having trouble stumping up in the 700k at the moment. Brandon Smith's another interesting option for uh, this weekend next. uh, We all know Grant's out for a couple more weeks. So those like uh, myself who are carrying Christian Welsh are we going to lose next week. I think Brandon Smith's a nice option if you have the right jewels to move him down from your front row. Payne has for the Broncos. Um, I don't think there's ever a wrong time to bring Payne in into your team, even though he is going to miss next week in really? round 17. Um, to David Jr., for those that don't have him, and need uh, an extra back row of uh, buy coverage, he would be the one I would be picking Apart from that, there's just a lot of new faces I don't know a lot about at the moment. So um, I think I'll be looking on with a lot of the new guys there.
0: Yeah, very much a wait and see for some of these young blokes uh, for next week. I guess there's the potential that they could play round 12 and disappear, but with injuries and suspensions, who knows? Um, You mentioned that you're a Welsh owner. I am as well, Sam, uh, and we've got Wilf as a Haas owner. Welsh actually slightly shading Haas in the scoring, Um, Wilf. You know, where do you, where does that sit with you with, with Haas? You brought him in as a premium gun. Is he, is he disappointing?
1: Look, I think, you know, if, if I'm, am I disappointed? Yeah, probably. Uh, I was hoping for, you know, the 70, 75 average minimum. But at the same time, he hasn't, he hasn't really let me down. Like he's held down that front row forward spot. So I'm happy with that. And he's there for the year. I, I don't have to think about it, basically. So don't have an issue with, with him. I mean, if I didn't own Guy, I think I probably wouldn't bring him in this week. With all the chat lately, especially with him potentially playing Origin, and it sounds crazy, right? To think he might actually be there. But you listen to the chat from Freddie and some of the other people around the Blues camp, or you know, helping out with the Blues team selections. His name keeps coming up, as does Liam Martin. So, to me, I kind of think you maybe just. Sit tight for another week if you don't have him, and just see if he makes Origin or not, and then bring him in if he doesn't. Because otherwise, you'd be pretty upset if you brought him in this week only to see him not play.
0: Yeah, it's it's a bit of a uh, a gamble to bring players in a week ahead, just given the amount of ins and outs that have been happening. Um, you know, there is a chance that you can snook yourself and get a bit clever. We've seen that in the last couple of weeks with the laid outs of Kenny Bromwich, Jerome Hughes, um, and, and players like that, that people want in for buy coverage and, and, you know, these kind of things have been blowing up in people's faces. So I would advocate for those last minute uh, moves or leaving it all as late as you can. Um, Wilf Cowboys Warriors um, up, in Townsville on the the early game Friday, um, Reese Walsh seems to have secured that uh, fullback position. It's a shame he's not playing thirteen. Um, what's
1: kind of jumping out at you with this game? So for the Cowboys, I know we spoke about Javid Bowen or touched on him briefly as a bit of a trap uh, with Connolly Lamulu getting injured. <laughs> he's seems to have an extended run now, so he's probably a little bit. Uh, it's an awkward time to bring him in. But if you're really desperate for a downgrade, I think he's probably got a little bit of job security, still has a, a lowish break even and uh, should have a spot for a while. Now, I mean if you if you had Val Holmes, I think it was a great time to, to have him earlier. It's gonna be tough to bring him in this week, I think, with him not playing around thirteen and then, you know, going to the origin period. You'd think he's gonna play most games and, and back up as much as he can, but there's always a question mark when obviously the the injury rates are mounting I mean, we don't know what Origins going to look like this year. And there's a genuine concern. Like, if it's as fast as... I mean, you look at how fast the NRL is, and usually the Origins even faster. So I'm kind of wondering, like, is it going to be, you know, manageable? Are they going to crack down as hard on the the high hits and everything like that as they have been in the NRL? Like, there's so many question marks there, so it's going to be hard to predict. I mean, at the end of the day, if you get Holmes in this week, like, he's there for the season, you probably would have a top five center wing and it's, I can understand getting him in, but yeah, it is a bit of an awkward time. Just like if you were to try get Reese Walsh, I mean, I can certainly understand if he's still cheap relative to his output. Uh, he, he's a gun for Supercoach in terms of his attack, but in the NRL, like you can see, he still struggles defensively. And that's the, the, the thing with obviously Supercoach is you don't, you know, lose points for conceding tries. You only get mass points for scoring them. And Reese is uh, obviously a points machine at the moment, just creating stuff out of nothing a lot of the time. And you can see exactly why he's so highly touted. But, yeah, for both these teams, I think if you're getting them in, it's got to be like a season-long keeper like your Tohu Harris's, your Val Holmes. I wouldn't be mucking around with stuff like, uh, you know, drink water or, or, I mean, even Reese Walsh. I just don't think it's viable long-term, like, to lock up one of your full back spots. But it's it's a tough one.
0: It's a funny old season, and um, given how well the Warriors played on the weekend, uh, current owners, you know, could do well to be a bit nervous because he's out for, you know, several more weeks at least. Sam, I don't know if you're a current owner, but, you know, are you going to hold given how well that back row played on the weekend?
2: I am a current owner, and it does have me worried that, yes, he was named on the bench and, only got on due to the HIA, um, the game that he got injured. So it does concern me a little bit. I'm happy to have him sitting there for the time being. I don't think it's, I'm not in a real rush to trade him out. So I could hold him through to 17 and see what happens, see if he gets a start in 15 or 16 and see whether it's off the bench or starting. Because or if he's a starter, he'll be a keeper for me. If not, um, there are some options hopefully coming through that we we can downgrade and move somebody else up to a keeper.
0: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, and mate, the, uh, get you to walk us through your thoughts on tigers, dragons, uh, Joey lay is out for the tigers and, and Jimmy, the jet comes back off the wing. Uh, Dufty, uh, is out for at least another week and Cody Ramsey, which was a, you know, sort of popular, uh, pod play to bring him in given, uh, the round 12 coverage as well. Um, Lots of uh, fringe Knights pl- uh, sorry Tigers players are uh, popular in Supercoach. I know you own a couple of them as well, mate.
2: Yeah, I'm a uh, lorry owner. Um, was probably going to be sitting him out this week, but uh, depending on what happens with Crichton at the judiciary um, tonight, um, i will probably end up putting the reserve jersey on him. Um, Adam Dewy, hasn't he gone well this season, boys? He's one that's uh, got away from me. I wish I'd jumped on that fan a little bit earlier. Uh, it's a bit of a pity he's moved out to the is now after scoring most of his points at 5'8". Um, one of my old favourites, Alex Twarl. He, he's at a nice low price, someone I could consider <laughs> upgrading uh, current for next week just for a little two- or three-week run. And But the yeah, trades are getting low, so I, I'm really looking at guys that I'm bringing in now. I'm hoping they're going to be potential keepers. I'm not really going to focus on uh, the, the second buy, so I'll be looking... Getting the best guys I can for this round and hopefully hold them for as long as I can and just try and bring the origin players back in after the series is all wrapped up.
0: And we're both Uta uh, Kamano and Simkin owners, mate. They're named as uh, on the extended interchange. Um, obviously, you're not going to move them out this week, but um, yeah, Simkin getting eight points. You know, the two of them both have high break evens. Is it a matter of just, you know, hoping, fingers crossed, that they get a run in 12 and dumping him at first opportunity? Uh, 13, sorry.
2: Yeah, Simpkins will be a priority upgrade um, straight up, or well, 14 or 15, hopefully. Stefano, I, I was lucky enough to move him on. I think it was the week before he dropped, so I've sort of dodged that one there. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know why that bloke is not in the top 17, at least even in the starting team. It's just it's bizarre what
0: goes on at some clubs, Some some weeks. It is, it is and uh, moving on from that game, Panthers Bulldogs, oh God, I'm dreading what's going to go on uh, as a Bulldog supporter with this one. Wilf um, obviously, Nathan Cleary is, you know, pretty clear captaincy option given the Bulldogs' woes, Moses Leota's back uh, for the Panthers and Capewell's out um, what's jumping out at you here apart from the fact that Panthers are almost certainly going to score 50?
1: Yeah, I was a little bit surprised that Dylan Edwards is missing this game again and he's not even on the extended bench, so probably, I mean, the Panthers can afford to take it easy there. I think that means if you've got Stephen Crichton, it's probably a not a good thing. He's actually he's been scoring much better at centre um, than fullback, which is really weird, obviously. not Most people go the other way, whereas, uh, yeah, look, you've got Matt Burton, they're playing centre. I think he's a, a genuine option this week. I know, and maybe we'll talk about it a little bit later, but with the Low score for Sam Walker and him just looking so busted. Uh, I know he's got the buy coming up, but there is a genuine conversation to be had about getting a Matt Burton in to replace him. You may free up a bit of coin there, and Burton's got coming off the 123. He'll be playing in the halves, which is his actual position in round 13. And I think that's going to be really good for him against the Tigers. And I wonder, like, Especially for Nathan Cleary owners, because Burton's five eighth halfback eligible. That's really appealing to me because I want to make sure I've got some coverage there. And I mean it's almost like you know, to borrow NFL fantasy term. Sorry, it's not strictly theirs, but that's where I first learned it. But the whole idea of handcuffing Cleary with Burton kind of has some appeal to me. So obviously covers round thirteen well while Cleary's at origin, covers cleary if he's rested, and still gets to play in the centers and you know in the centers of the high scoring. Offense in the NRL And you know We saw his ability Of just putting up 100 points from centre So to me That kind of makes A lot of sense That way If ever Cleary's missing a game I've got that Instant coverage there And if he's not he'll, He's actually still playable the 17 from week to week I don't know What are your thoughts On that Sam?
2: Mate It's exactly what I've done I've moved uh, Walker on For Burton And exactly everything You just said mate The handcuff Everything Is exactly why I've done the same thing mate If you cover next week
0: yeah he should cover next week he's my slight worry and i guess it's only a slight worry that there's a non-zero chance that Burton isn't going to play halfback or 58 next week there's you know every chance that tyrone may may be in the halves with um with Jerome Luai if luai doesn't make origin so is Burton as attractive in a origin weekend team uh playing left center uh Sam
2: probably not as attractive like it'd be Great if Louie was uh, there next to him. I have no dramas fielding in playing centre, but um, the kids come through all the grades at Penrith as, as a 5'8". Uh, he's got a great picking game. There's been a rap on him for a couple of seasons. I've got no issues fielding him at 5'8 next week. And uh, the draw after the West Tigers game in round 13, they have got the Sharks. I think they have the Roosters in round 15, which will probably be their hardest game up until they play Melbourne in round 20. So if you want to hold on to it, I'm... My plan is basically to hold on to him. As soon as be creeps up, I'll move him along and try and look for another keeper.
0: And over on the Bulldog side, Jackson Depine uh, comes back from injury. He's uh, to start uh, at hooker. Brad Dietz is on the bench, but, um, you know, he's a, a pretty – he would be a much more attractive option if he played 13, 206K and uh, flashed a lot of abilities, actually a uh, back rower, I believe, uh, by trade. But... Um, He's the kind of guy that you almost hope doesn't go too big uh, this week, and if he does manage to jag that starting spot ahead of the distinctly mediocre Sione Katoa and uh, Jeremy Marshall King, that he could be a good option to sit there as a cheapie all the way through 17 as well.
1: I just wanted to be in the back row. I don't want to be in hook. I, I mean, the super coach he scores all right because he just makes tackles, but... His service is really gross. <laughs> like I don't know why he's playing nine.
0: Well, yeah, he's a bulldog's hooker, mate. The service is gross. That's that's just unavoidable.
1: And th- and I was about to qualify that 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 it's gross compared to the other bulldog's hookers. So that's yeah.
0: <laughs> I tell you, ever ever since Michael Leisha put that number nine jersey on, the service from uh, dummy half has just been absolutely appalling. <laughs> At least uh, Topine can pass from uh, right to left, though, which is an advantage he had over Leisha.
1: Let's move on from Leisha before Joe gets in trouble again. But I wanted to point out Josh Josh Jackson is back as well, which is I think can't be ignored, especially for those who don't own Luke Thompson. I think if you haven't got him yet, it's probably worth just waiting and seeing if that's going to impact his minutes. And also uh, Joe's favourite player, Jack Hetherington, is also back.
0: I enjoy a bit of Jack Hetherington. I think he will thrive in this new age of NRL cracking down on uh,
1: foul play. What's the over and unders on... How many minutes before he's off the field again?
0: 27 minutes.
1: 27? That's way too high.
0: <laughs> well, that's 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 about his first stint, I think. Uh, 25, 27 minutes. And if he makes it through his first stint, then I think that's a win. He's a madman and I love watching him play, but um, definitely not a super coach option, I don't think.
1: Can we backtrack a little bit before we move on? I just want to talk about Kurt Keppel and Liam Martin. Obviously, Keppel's suspended a week. I think you know it's almost a given he's going to play... Or Queensland in round thirteen, so it's not going to help you with that. So, are we in consensus that Copewell is definitely a sell?
0: I moved him on a couple of weeks ago for that exact reason that uh, you know his B was getting up, and I know he scored the try and and kind of you know he either hit or got close to his B and didn't lose any money, but um, I kind of think his time was up, I think he's proven that he wasn't going to be quite a gun and he was someone that wasn't, you know, with that rotation going to play the full 80 minutes. So for me, he's, you know, a decent option in your centre wing for sure, but just given injury risk, the attrition from origin and, uh, you know, the fact that he's not playing that 80, he wasn't kind of that to the end of the season keeper. Sam, are you a capable guy?
2: No, mate, no, I haven't only any more season, but I do have a question for you too. Um Viliami Kikau, what's your thoughts on renting him for two to three weeks, um, especially if you're a carinator? Would you look to pay up a uh, another couple of thousand to go to uh, Kikau for a tourist re- rental?
0: He's so cheap. Um, he is. <laughs> but he's also cheap for a reason. I mean, Penrith, they've gone 50 points in back-to-back weeks. They're the best attack in the NRL. On his day, he's the best attack attacking weapon, and he's 402K. Yep. I mean, I just don't know how anyone can trust him. Um, Clearly, he's doing a lot of overcalling of Luai on that left side, and that was particularly particularly noticed that in Magic Round when he was going large, he was just basically snatching the ball off Luai on that left side, and it never tended to go to kick out. Wilf, I don't know if you're, you know, given that you're a few thousand spots back and and more kind of prone to to roll the dice to to go up the list, whether that's a gamble you'd want to take.
1: I think. He's, he's definitely a, a valid option to roll the dice with. But, I mean, you look at, you know, the first four or so weeks when Luai was on, you know, getting plenty of ball. Uh, I mean, he scored two doubles in the first four first four rounds. And then since then, he's scored two more tries. And both those times, he's only scored 54 and 58 points. So, definitely concerns there. The minutes are, are obviously variable. He has had some little injury concerns as well. And I just... The thing with Kakao is I just feel like there's every chance he you know he he's, he'll go large if he's not in your team. The moment you trade him in, he'll just, you know, score 35 points in 50 minutes and do nothing. Cleary's clear he's, you know, scored a hat trick on the other side of the field again. So, uh, I think for me, for the for my mental health, I, I'll just dodge him. I just think he'll be too frustrating to watch because we know how good he is for Supercoach, but under Ivan Cleary, he's shown that he wants to kind of keep him. To that 50 to 60 minute mark. And if Kikar doesn't score the tries while he's on the field, uh there's yeah, every chance he's gonna get deliver a pretty pass score.
0: But again, you could hit the jackpot, I guess. Um, and speaking of mental health, Sam, your Eels got absolutely spanked uh, by Manly at Bank West on the weekend. They, they play the Rabbitohs. Um, you know, lots of interest here, lots of super coach relevant players, particularly with the Eels uh playing thirteen, mate. What's sticking out to you in this clash?
2: Well, the one that's sticking out to me because he's still in the team is won a Blake. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is very, very frustrating. <laughs> uh, he's a complete avoid, as we all realise, but my God, I wasn't expecting to see that name. With um, Nicore back from suspension, I had my fingers crossed he would be straight back to the right centre, but Blake held that spot. So I told All and Sundry last week get on, I don't we first try score now, uh, Parker uh, for first try. <laughs> I didn't have a cent on him myself, but um, I know a couple of people that made some money off him. But no, my teammate, on. they have lost two games all year. I'm just still frustrated watching Mitchell Moses play football. it has got a great forward pack to be running behind this season. They're making yards and he's just offloading the ball two or three metres away from the defensive line. It's very frustrating.
0: He is, I think he is who he is at this point, right? I mean, he's old enough now that I I don't think there's too much maturing to happen uh, as a footballer. You know, he's had quite a few years in first grade. So, yeah, I I just don't think it's going to happen for him, is it?
2: Oh, no, I totally agree. Um, Unfortunately, it looks like we're going to have him for another couple of years. Young Jacob Arthur, I thought, was a bit of a passenger last week. I thought he was a little bit better in his first game. But, you know, saying that, manly, oh, he let us play as well as, you know, they let us play. Uh, Reed Mahoney is a stay away for those. Uh, he looks a sure thing for the Origin now with uh, Harry Grant out. I, I say a Papa late, uh, Papa Lehi. Um, I jumped on after about his second pay rise, so I'm happy where he's going at the moment. Hopefully, he'll keep motoring on over the next few weeks. Your thoughts for Maddow, Maddo, boys? Is he looking likely for New South Wales for those that haven't got him in yet? Or?
0: Well, if Crichton, and, and I'm assuming everyone who listens to this will know uh, what the result is uh, of Angus Crichton's uh, challenge at the judiciary of degrading, um, that's actually happening as we speak now. I, I would imagine, given Maddow's been in and around the New South Wales setup, that he probably comes in, uh, if not Uh, starting then probably on the bench, Wilf.
1: Yeah, I think he's too close. Um, Kind of put him in the same basket as Pangai. Like, you just don't want to roll the dice. And I get that we only have two trades next week, so you might not be able to get all these guys in, but it might influence how you trade this week. For example, if you have two guys you have your eyes on, that could be potential round 13 coverage plus season-long keepers, then maybe what you're doing this week is double downgrade, so you free up a ton of coin and you can go shopping next week pick the two best buy coverage guns who you're happy to hold in your team for the rest of the year. And guys like Pangai, Mato are perfect for that. You know, they they're either gonna be top three, top four, top five options in their position, or, you know, they're very serviceable, you know, fourth, fifth options you know, on the, in the second row or whatever it might be. So I like both of us, but I just feel like I c I couldn't take the risk this week, especially if you know we do lose Crichton. Ravelli's already gone as, as at the time this recording rubbed out for five weeks. Cam Murray is named to play if he makes it through. You'd think he's in, but if he doesn't, if he has a reoccurrence, then I just think is probably next man up. So too, way too close. And uh, I mean, if you, it's crazy, but you read some of the articles out, and they will probably touch on this a bit more. But like guys like Liam Martin and uh, are listed as being named, likely to be named in the seventeen. And and you know, to me, I don't know how what, what has Ryan Madison done to fall that far out of favor? Oh, he hasn't. Yeah, that's yeah, a bit it's ridiculous. Hand.
0: Hand. <laughs> um, there there is a safer buy coverage option uh, at the eels that seventeen point six percent of owners are, are desperately hoping comes good. You know, uh, Banya, you talked about Wonga Blake. Uh, being a super coach killer is certainly contributed to the death of Blake Ferguson's season. Um, Thirty-seven, three-round average is certainly not a buy, but um, is he even playable this week? Do you think?
2: Ferguson like, was like, he was a kick out the week. Yeah, yeah. You sit him on the bench, he'll get a double. The week you're playing, he'll, he'll sit one of those 20- 20 or 25-point games on you. He's a tough one. He started the season on fire. I think with uh, Dylan Brown being out the last couple of weeks, the ball coming right's just dried up too much. And uh, until I wouldn't be looking at Fergo until Dylan Brown comes back. But once Brown's back, Fergo uh, will be nice and cheap. So someone sitting there with a Saab or a, a Pusatua like myself, he's still sitting in my... Um, On the point for me, so if Ergo drops any cheaper, I'll, I'll take a risk of them
0: now to finish the season off. It's a fifth or sixth centre. God, is bloody cheap enough. Please, no more. Um, <laughs> on the on the south side, you know, yeah. Luttrell certainly didn't help uh, in their real-life scoring, but um, I can't imagine that anyone held after that suspension there. Tane Milne returns to, you know, former super coach, Colt Hero Tane Milne uh, over the years, gets a gets a go on the bench. Jai Arrow at, at prop is interesting because, you know, with um, – Papa Lee scratched for uh, Origin one. This could be Jai Arrow's audition to to maybe jag a, a
1: starting spot at prop. Wolf. I just think I can't see him playing prop in Origin. I mean, he, he is better suited to playing lock. But while he's, while Cam Murray's there, he's never going to do it. But yeah, I mean, Arrow's going to be in the Queensland team, so it doesn't really change much from from my perspective. It's just obviously for those who had him or got him in because cam murray was out injured for a few weeks they've all been you know bitterly disappointed with i think he scored like 21 last week or something like that my draft team remembers and a lot of pain from that but yeah i you'd hope he's gonna get back to a 50 60 score at least this week and yeah just not not relevant for super coach for classic purposes but I guess it's more Origin watch on that one. Very much so. On the Saturday night game,
0: plenty of interest as well for lots of different reasons. It's the Roosters Raiders. Uh, Josh Morris comes back, uh, and Sawali drops to the reserves. Uh, George Williams, obviously, uh, it's blowing up on Twitter as we speak that he's bitten back at the Raiders, and th- there seems to be all sorts of cultural stuff going on behind the scenes there between the uh, the substantial English brigade and Ricky Stewart. It all it looks very very good for Super Coach for the Roosters. I would imagine, Wolf.
1: Well, I don't know. It's hard to t- trust, isn't it? It looked really really good for the for the Roosters last week too, against the Broncos and yes at the SCG. But yeah, I think the Raiders. It seems crazy to say that they seem like they are more of a rabble than the Broncos right now. But they are more of a rabble than the Broncos right now. So yeah, look, I'm gonna give them another go. The Roosters. I obviously went all in on them with Captain Teddy and I had Ikawalu and I even rolled out Joseph Suwali over Josh Schuster. Uh, just thinking Suwali was a a you know a gimme to score a try, you know, on debut against the Broncos, the hapless Broncos. And, and against tournament. Dane Copley
0: more importantly.
1: <laughs> Bloody Dale Copley managed to stop <laughs> Swali. Yeah, that's that's it's hilarious. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> but yeah, look, it obviously hurt last week, but I, I think The Raiders just aren't, they're just, they just look bad. Like they genuinely look like they were losing to the Bulldogs at one stage.
0: Yeah. And it's, and it's more than just Corey Harawira Nara's awful
1: haircut, isn't it, mate? Well, when, when that's probably one of the better-looking things about the team, you know you're in trouble, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, Rapana's back. Uh, sorry, Rapana and uh, Whiten are back. Whiten actually, he's been a fringe super coach option, uh, you know, for a few years now, but I didn't actually realise how terrible he's been. I'm, I'm just pulling it up now, um, how badly he's been going because there was a little bit of chat preseason but 395k with an average of 45 Um, he may play origin but yeah he's a long 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 way from uh, from a super coach option as well Sam Williams always seems to do well and looks like it's going to be his job for the rest of the season with what is happening with uh, George Williams Uh, Sam the first of the Sunday games mate Sharks Titans very welcome to see David Fafita back after his two-week suspension
2: It's great to see him back, but uh, I sold him last week or the week before. I couldn't have that much coin sitting on my bench, and um, so I moved him on. So I'll be looking forward to getting him back in round 14 as quick as I can, depending if he's um, not going to be named on the bench or something on his first game back after the origin. But, yeah, what a fantastic season he's having. I I had him at the start of the season as a base, base rate player of about 47 or 50, but he's just blowing that out of the water this year. He's been phenomenal.
1: Are you worried that he might be getting reduced minutes? Well,
2: with all Origin players, you have to worry about him. My feeling is he's young. He's missed a couple of weeks. It wasn't for an injury. So he's going to go hard at the Origin. I've got no doubt. I can't see him playing less than 60 minutes coming back after the Origin. I think he's your marquee player. He's your star of your team. When he goes off, that team goes really well. Yeah, it's a tough one. I would hate to get inside some of the coaches' heads this year. Some of the decisions that are going on, like, it's <laughs> absolutely mind blowing. But yeah, I'd be happy if I held, had Profeta, I'd still be holding and planning. But unfortunately, I sold two weeks ago. But yeah, first player I'll be looking to get back in either after round 14 or after the complete origin series.
0: In any week where Cleary wasn't playing the Bulldogs, he would be a captaincy option. Um, I'm very lucky that I held and I'm looking forward to him having a big one. Will someone that you've held through some pretty lean times, Brian Kelly, bit of a return to form on the weekend?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's just so unpredictable and, and it's so inconsistent, much like the Titans at the moment. So it's good. I mean, I can't wait to kind of move him on, I feel, after round, round 13 by coverage. And, yeah, um. am Waiting for that basically, but I'm also glad I, I did hang on to Dev Feeder, so that'll be a nice boost to my team this week. And I'll definitely need him if Angus Crichton gets rubbed out of the judiciary, so we'll still have to wait and see what's going on there.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people that people were a uh, player that people were hanging on to up until Origin One, Tino um, had his second best game of the year. Seems to thrive at lock uh, with Peachy being out uh, scoring 86 with a low break, even Um, definitely a hold for the week. But I can't imagine that he's uh, that serious a prospect given the big minutes he'll play in in origin that you'd want to keep him through that period as well. Um, The final game for the week, Knights, Sea Eagles. Uh, It's all about Tommy Turbo, uh, who you declined to bring in uh, one week several weeks ago, Will, in exchange for Kalen Ponga, who's back.
1: Yeah, you don't have to remind me of that. Tommy Turbo <laughs> still haunts my dreams. <laughs> That's okay.
0: Yeah, tell, tell us, you know, Ponga back's good for Queensland, obviously. I don't know how much of a, a super coach option he is right now, given
1: what's going on at fullback. There's no way you can trust him, not not straight up, basically, when you've got Tommy obviously going nuts and Teddy with the price that he's at and, you know, seems to have refilled re- Regained a little bit of his form, I guess you could say. So, yeah, I wouldn't touch Ponga, not till you see him regain a bit of form. And with the news that Jake Clifford could be on his way to to the Knights, that's going to be concerning because Clifford is a goal kicker. I don't think he's a particularly good one, but neither is Kellen Ponga. So there's a bit of a question mark there. And it's obviously painful for Mitch Barnett owners as well. If Clifford does land in Newey before round 13 or to play that week, then it could cap some of his... Barnett's upside that we're hoping to get with him potentially getting goal-kicking duties again that week. So, yeah, a bit of a downer.
0: Speaking about baffling coaching decisions, I mean, anyone who's been watching the Knights in the last few weeks still cannot understand why Mitch Barnett's uh, playing as few minutes as he is in, in, uh, you know, lieu of Lachlan Fitzgibbon, you know, playing big minutes as well. Yeah, that's just another one, <laughs> another one for the list this year. It is mate. So Barnett and Watson obviously holds for this week. Wilf, do. You, do you see them being either player that you'd want to hold past round thirteen in the hope that you know they start getting an uptick in minutes as well, or or are they just buy round fodder at this
1: point? I cannot wait to get them out of my team.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, to hear you say you're the same as well. I'm assuming Sam.
1: Yeah, no, can't wait, mate. Can't wait. I was
2: uh, actually going to sit him on the bench this week, Barnett, that is. Um, but, yeah, with judiciary and a few other things, yeah, he may have a reserve jersey yet. But, no, I cannot believe he's playing 40, 45
0: minutes. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, Josh Josh Schuster on the other side. Very, very good game uh, for, at 5-8 there. Um, still has a mistake in him, but there's that element of brilliance as well. I unfortunately and regrettably moved him on a couple of weeks ago for Tyson Gamble, and and that's why I'm uh, at 4,500th, folks, uh, <laughs> with that kind of insightful uh, super coach trade uh, decisions there. But um, I'd imagine that he'd be one of the more valuable pieces uh, in teams that would want to hold him all the way through to 17, Sam.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was like you, Joe. I, I did the same thing. I moved him on um, to bring in Gamble. I didn't really want Gamble, but I looked at him as another uh, bum on seat for round thirteen, and the money I freed up from the shush, uh, uh helped me bring in Toto So it was, a, it was a win there. As I said, I was struggling with my centers most of the year, but no, he's one I wish I held on to. He's he's just a class player. Like I, I can't, I didn't see much of the Manly game. Oh, I was actually saw a reward, but I tried not to watch it mm-hmm. against us on the weekend. Um, his first run for the season at five eight. Yeah, he, he's a great player. Um, was it? Uh, Mark Carroll, I believe, was saying in the press maybe last week that I think he had him as his bolster for the New South Wales team, which... I could see it in a season or two, but just not this season.
1: Yeah,
0: and look, that kind of comment is exactly why the NRL are cracking down on HIAs and concussions and high play, uh, you know, high tackles, because you get the likes of Mark Carroll making comments like that. So, yeah, thanks, bud, for your input, champ. Uh, Schuster is nowhere near the Origin squad. Guys, I think that's uh, at the team news for the week. We had a pretty in-depth chat there, so let's talk a bit more about our predictions and our Swish SCC Star of the Week.
1: If you are what you say you are, a superstar, then have no fear, the is here. All right, so another high-scoring round, and plenty of high scores again, and back-to-back top scorer in Nathan Cleary, 190, followed by Tommy Turbert, 159. So congratulations I have to go to Stewie, at Stewie Ob. Uh, one of our champs, actually. He is the winner. Predicted Cleary, and actually the only person who, predict, who picked Cleary in this week's uh, prediction, so that was a bit of a surprise. But he, he thought he was he was going to break his own record at 235, so not quite that good, but 190 is nothing to sneeze at. So, yeah, well done, Stewie. Um, obviously, you can uh, message me, and I'll get that uh, code organized for you, courtesy of Swish. Now, uh, look, Bear's not here to gloat uh, again that he, he managed to top the week's picks. Uh, with Teddy, he guessed one nine. Uh, sorry, 120, Teddy got 97. Joe, you went too far off. You picked uh, Brimson for 125, who got 90. And, yeah, I really suck at this. Ikevalli, <laughs> and he got 31. <laughs> We're in round 11 and you've won one, Wilf. Um, oh,
0: sorry, going into round 12. After 11 weeks, you've won one, and it's a three-horse race, mate. That's
1: pretty hard to do. I know, it's t- it typifies my Supercoach season. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, look, because we've got Sam, obviously, he's our guest, but, you know, we don't take any mercy on guests. He's replacing Bear, who won this week. I lost, so I'm going to go first again. Screw it. Nathan Cleary, 197. Let's go. <laughs> yeah,
0: might be a little bit low. Uh, I guess for me, looking at that Melbourne Storm side, not a lot of obvious, um, you know, standout, you know, players that you think will match a 197 from Cleary. But if anyone can do it, I'll back Nico Hines. Um, I'm going to tip 157 for Hines this week. Sam, have a crack, mate, and we'll hold Bear accountable for your decision.
2: Mate, I am going to go down to the last game. Hopefully I'm doing Bear proud. I'm taking Tommy Turbo, a shock horror. I'll have him going at 148 and included a double amongst that. So... All Hopefully, right. um, I will do bear proud there.
1: So if he doesn't get a do- double, that 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 prediction is null and void. Right? <laughs> Something
2: like oh, that. Oh, okay, Roddy. Eh? No, <laughs> I'm, really kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding.
1: Man. I'm kidding, mate. I'm kidding, mate. But look, uh, this segment courtesy of Swish. Um, you can check out check them out at heyswish.com. Or on the socials at SWYSH. They are changing the way fans interact with athletes, especially rugby league players. We obviously have shown a couple of the videos that you can get. It's great for a good old fashioned tube coach sledge, but also really good to be able to get uh, one of your favorite players to, to wish a happy birthday to a family member or deliver a message or anything like that. Uh, it's really easy. Just jump on the website, haswish.com, pick your player, throw in your instructions. And switch takes care of the rest. And keep in mind, at least 20% of the payment goes towards uh, children's charities. So it's all for a good cause. And I think you'll find a lot of the times the athletes actually match the, the fee and they donate a, a large chunk of it, if not all of it, to the charities as well. So it's all really, really good stuff. Um, check out uh And thanks again for them for supplying the discount codes and everything like that for this segment. But let's move on because there's obviously plenty of strategy that we can discuss. There's so much going on, and let's have a chat through those now.
2: So, bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him.
0: Just... So, in terms of uh, some of the more insane suggestions that I've heard throughout this already crazy super coach season, is a little bit of chat online about. Possibly, uh, given Nathan Cleary is north of a million bucks, um, sit, have, you know, riding him this week hopefully to around about a double ton against the Bulldogs, and then you know, sitting at about 1.1 million, selling him high, and uh, you know, waiting until after Origin to cash out. It's actually a few players that that might be you know potential options if you want to go down this way. But happy, you know, keen to talk to both of you about the potential or at least the, you know, does it make sense to to kind of trade Cleary down for what effectively is two, you know, decently priced guns. Sam, you know, we've all got Cleary and, and just about anyone who's serious about Supercoach this year has him. Is he the kind of guy he can afford to go out, uh, go out without, you know, for all those weeks, even if he is one point one million?
2: Nah, he will be staying rock solid in my team. I'll concrete those boots into the ground or into the team. He won't be going anywhere. Every time I try and play it cute and smart like that, it ends up back borrowing on me, so I'm gonna stick rock with Cleary. Uh, good luck to those who wanna play around with it, but I'll be sticking rocksolid with him. i already I debated uh, whether to get rid of Fafita when he was his price was up with his huge B E to come back in as well. Um, no, I I can't see myself selling Cleary and Fafita. No. <laughs> no.
0: Yeah, no, and and I tend to agree, but Wilf, I mean, you'd have to at least, you know, give a nod in the direction that it might not even be the craziest super coach idea that's worked out this year. You know, lots of people trading, traded Ryan Madison out after one week and moved to the likes of Isaiah Papali'i and and just sat back and watched the scores rolling in. Lots of people after Teddy, you know, massive tons the first two weeks, then a 74, then they decided to move off him. Teddy dropped three hundred k with while the likes of Gutho and Turbo have made out like bandits. I mean, it just seems that kind of year, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, look, certainly I can understand the appeal with a negative break. Even if Cleary does go big again, he could easily be one point one million. And you've got someone like Jerome Hughes who, you know, if you look at his last five rounds, he's sitting on a five round average of hundred, and he is potentially four hundred and fifty thousand dollars cheaper than Cleary will be. And to go Cleary to Hughes means you could potentially go like enough to Isaiah Papalihi as well and double gun uh, upgrades from around 13. So look, I can certainly understand the appeal there. The problem is, it's like Cleary in three games, right? So I just mentioned Jerome Hughes has a five round average of 100. Cleary's last three games, he currently has a three round average of 174. <laughs> Which is insane. And he's scored more in three games than Hughes did in five. And Hughes is playing lights out and is still averaging 40 points less than Cleary at the moment. So the issue for me is the gap between Cleary and anybody else at halfback is just, it's so big. It's literally like a massive divide. And, and it was a big one last year already. And it's just gone. He's like three or four levels ahead of anyone else available at halfback. I just couldn't justify it every chance he comes back and if he goes comes back and he only scores you 170 right I love that we're just throwing out 150 plus scores like nothing for clear <laughs> like he could viably do it. He's so ridiculously good at the moment everything he touches turns to gold and if he turns up 170 every if like 40 percent of people are captaining him any positional advantage you took advantage of in round 13 or 14. Just disappears just like that, and you've burned a couple of trades to do it, and then you're scrambling to find the money to you know upgrade Jerome Hughes and pay another four hundred grand to get Cleary back in. Like it's just nah, I can't do it. Can't do it.
0: And anyone who thought that the uh, the super coach, you know, uh, you know unicorn superstar unicorn points had, had ended with Cameron Smith's retirement just needs to look at the. Uh, Try assist, line break assist that Cleary got over Luai on the weekend as well. Wilf, you're uh, still a bit
1: bitter about that one? Look, I told you not to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a slightly bit bitter on that, but let's move on. <laughs> yeah, so, no, so it's a it's a firm no from Sam.
2: Just going back to the Cleary thing, I haven't been real disciplined with my trades here. In fact, I've only saved one so far. That's how bad my team's been out of shape. I think... It's a great idea if you can trade Cleary out. It sounds great in theory, but for me, it's only really worthwhile for those guys that have been really disciplined and saved trades. Like someone who's saved four or five trades, and in this season, that's hard to do. But that would be the only way or reason why I would trade Cleary out this week if I was had a lot more trades up my sleeve than what I actually do. So that's where I sort of sit with the guys. I, for me, he's a set and forget.
0: Someone who's not quite the one... Uh, 1 million, 1.1 million, but might be a trade-out is Angus Crichton, has just been uh, found guilty and will serve two matches. And that means that he will not be back until round 15. Um, Obviously, just got that news. Will, your thoughts on Crichton as a trade-out, given he misses the next three weeks?
1: So let me make sure I'm clear on this, because I think anyone will say he would have been a-, a gimme for Origin, right? So doesn't that get included in one of his games?
0: Uh, I I don't know because the the teams the teams haven't been named yet and the Roosters have a bye so no it doesn't count mate sorry
1: I'm pretty sure uh, I mean that's what's happening there Coach has been Popolini. seasons
0: past where uh, an Origin player has
2: counted an Origin as one of their suspension games
1: pretty maybe sure. that's
2: after, after the series has started maybe or yeah.
1: We'll have to suss that out a bit more because I'm pretty sure. Or
0: it may may not have been – it may have been a week where his team was playing and wasn't a a bye week for them or something. But, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that means he's rubbed out uh, until around 17 –
1: until round 15, sorry, which
0: is a bit of a killer, isn't it?
1: I mean, if it is, then definitely he's a pretty easy trade out there. But, I mean, again, we spoke about this with, say, uh, David Favito who missed two weeks versus trading out you know, injured Harry Grant, injured Cam Munster. You're, you're getting rid of injured players first, basically. So, if Angus is you know third or fourth in your list of players to trade out because you've got other issues to deal with first, then I'm happily holding him. But yeah, we might need to double check that because I'm I'm pretty sure Origin will count as one of his games if he if he um, is selected for. Yeah, that should be clarified um, by the time a lot of
0: people are listening to this. But um, look. You know, I brought him in last week. So that, that's my luck, <laughs> um, which isn't so great. Um, now, any other kind of sell highs, you know, we've rejected for feeder. Uh, Crichton's not quite in that league, you know, dollar value wise, but uh, Cleary's a no from us. I mean, are, are people just. Having you know Isaiah Papali in for round thirteen, or are they given his incredible scores, are they planning to keep him all the way through, or would he be a sell high candidate? Sam, you, you know, being an Eels fan, you've got a good insight into this,
2: mate. Initially, he was. I was just going to ride the pay rises up with him and then trade him to house. The way things are going at the moment, mate. Um, he's a hold for me. I don't. I have no plans to get him out in the immediate future. So, well, more important trade to, to make, I suppose. I should say. Um. But, no, definitely the surprise pack of the season, and I'm stoked how the Warriors took Kane Evans from us and we got Papalehi playing like this. This is just wonderful football.
0: (laughs) Oh, Evans is an absolute spud. I cannot believe the Warriors made that trade. But, um, you know, it's to the Eels' benefit, and they've been flying high all year, and he's a very big reason why. Uh, Wilf, you've kind of done a little bit of uh, research into, you know, the amount of origin players that you might want to carry through the buy period. You know, we're talking about... Crichton's, Cleary's, you know, for feeder obviously plays as well. Given the fatigue and load management being a bigger issue than ever, a lot of these Origin guys, uh, particularly the Fords, are tending to rest for an additional game through that period, mate. But do you just want to tell us what you uncovered?
1: Yeah, so I guess one player I did want to talk about before we transition to this little bit was Tommy Turbo. He is on fire, obviously. I am very acutely feeling the pain of being a non-owner. And that's, yeah, that's my own fault. Are you, like, as a sell high proposition, you're bringing Tommy Turbo up? Well, he's 947,000, right? And with his injury history, how many games do you reckon he plays across the next couple of weeks?
0: Well, I mean, yes. It depends on how many street races in in a mall that he wants to have. <laughs> oh, sorry. I mean, slipping in the bathtub, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> in the shower, but. Yeah, I, I I know that I entertain the thought of, of selling Cleary high, and, and he's obviously doing even better than Tommy Turbo, but yeah, he seems rock solid for the rest of the year. Sam, that's madness, right? Selling Tommy Turbo high? Yeah, no, I won't be selling. Turbo and City, and that I'll run
2: them through to the end of the year, depending on how uh, Pap has and pulls up out of the back end of Origin, he, he gets to play Origin this year. But they're the top three fullbacks in the game at the moment, and I'm... Uh, Currently got Tommy uh, wedged in for my captain this week. And what did I say he was getting? 145 in a double? So, no, I'll, I'll be sticking solid with Turbo.
1: So, I'm not suggesting this week. I'm looking at, say, round 13, right? And let's say he's out. Obviously, he's not playing round 13 because I mean, his team's on the buy anyway, plus he's playing Origin. But Origin, one, is technically in Melbourne. And then the Seagulls play in round 14 on the Friday. So it's literally less than 48 hours later. And he has to go from Melbourne to Sydney. And so there's yep. obviously travel there and the short turnaround. It's safe to say the Seagulls, their, their whole season lies on his hamstrings, basically. Like, do you genuinely feel like Manly are going to risk him?
0: Well, I, I don't know if it's a, if it's a load issue because he did play the first two games back. He played sixty minutes before he was he was pulled. You know, do they consider that he's got his match sharpness back and 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 they, he just plays all eighty? That, that only Dez could probably tell you.
1: Yeah, to me, like they're they're being that cautious every time there's a blowout. He's getting an early shower, and it's happening like against the Broncos. I mean, he played like sixty minutes. Obviously, done all this damage then, so that's not a problem for his super coach scores. But are they going to roll him out? less than 48 hours after arguably you know, outside of a grand final or even including grand finals, probably the toughest games you could play in a season. Sure, he might not play fullback, but to me, I just can't imagine it. And if he's that high, and, and I think I want to differentiate between selling Cleary and selling Turbo because you can potentially, if, let's say Pappenhausen's playing round 14, Turbo perhaps could free up 150 grand and you've got someone playing round 14. To me, that's not as crazy as selling Cleary and that's why I'm thinking like it is a viable idea and I just thought, let's talk about it rather than just writing it off all together. Yeah, I would, look, everything's
0: worth worth the discussion, I guess. He would be the only one I would sell to. Like For me,
2: I'm a little bit low on Ponga uh, and RTS and those sorts of guys than the a, a lot of other people are. Right? I think we have a clear-cut top three fullbacks this year and you can even have arguments of you know which order they are in the three. But as Will said, if that's what you were looking to do and you can make 100 or 150K going back to that that's a smart move. I'd have no issue with that whatsoever.
1: And I think for me, like Pappenhausen, if he does play games two and three, he's more likely to be off the bench playing 10, 20 minutes. We've talked about that in the past. So for him, backing up is far more likely. This is obviously subject to him being fit and you know not, not having concussion concerns and all that type of stuff. but. Yeah, to me, like I, I, don't think it's insane to trade out Tommy Turbo in round thirteen, knowing that he may only play a couple of games. I think Manly also have a, a forty-eight hour turnaround to round eighteen from after game three as well. So yeah, again, you know, do they risk him? Is he likely to be rested? These are all question marks, and they could potentially he could only play if he misses round fourteen. Let's say he doesn't back up, then he plays 15, 16. And like he could play three of the next eight rounds, basically at best, and that's a lot of money sitting around, right? That's uh, I've felt the pain of not having that money working for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, if we unpack that,
0: then okay, so no Pappenhausen for next week. Are you suggesting you know the only viable play then is if you don't have Nico Hines, or are you looking at Gutho as as a short term play? Because I, I do, you know, per Sam's point. I can definitely make a case that you know Turbo for Pappenhausen. That's fine, but Paps is out for a few more weeks. He's not going to be the guy that you trade Turbo for next week. So, you know, are you talking two trades to move from Turbo to Paps because you've got an interim guy there as well? Um, Sam, is, is is it only uh, is it Hines uh, or is it Gutho or is it just does that make it not an interesting proposition uh, to move Turbo in round thirteen?
2: Yeah, it's tough. Like I'm, I'm already a homeowner. Um, I'll cheer you on this week. Gutho, are we assuming Gutho is completely missing the origin? We don't see him. If hasn't uh, misses out, are we not seeing Gutho on the 14 at least? Or
1: I reckon Gutho Yeah, I don't think Gutho is available around 13. That's more and more likely at this stage to me.
0: So it would be it would be high it would be moving Heinz down. Most people who own Heinz have him at center wing and then rolling the dice on a Nofaluma Luma or, or someone like that. I mean, that's that's a you know, you get a nosebleed falling from that height, you know, from Tommy Turbo
1: down to a nofo uh Wolf. Yeah, I mean, like if you don't have Papalihi, I think turning Tommy Turbo into him and freeing up a bit of coin, that makes sense to me. But then I would be factoring in potentially trading like around 13 coverage guy to Pappenhausen immediately straight after. So making sure I've got that money to get myself back to two gun fullbacks as soon as possible. Obviously again, assuming Pappenhausen plays because one of the things I think people aren't taking into account, and this is where I was hoping to segue into the next section. Uh, I mean, there's a chance that Teddy and Turbo both don't back up from origin. We just don't know because we've never seen origin played with these new rules in place in mid season. So if it's as fast and as hard and as tough as people are saying as the players keep reiterating, I think it's viable that these Origin games are going to take so much more out of these players than we're used to seeing. So the resting it could happen a lot. I mean, yeah. Or well, the know.
0: suspensions <laughs> out of it. I mean, you know, if, if fatigue is causing record numbers of um, of charges under these current rules now, well, you're never going to be more tired than you are during an Origin game. So you know, assuming that they are, you know, they're taking this principled stand and they'll be consistent during Origin as well. I mean, I shudder to think what's going to happen with uh, sin bins, send offs, and and just charges arising from you know the inevitable fatigue related you know
1: incidents that happen in Origin as well. I just can't imagine. Like, are we going to see Origins where it's going to finish thirteen on eleven for like ten minutes of the game or whatever? It's just going to be going to be fast core, right, as they say. <laughs>
0: carnage um yeah i i'm just i look i'm i'm almost watching through you know got my hands over my eyes you know wanting to watch origin this year because uh, taking this stand mid-year mid-season with no notice and i know lots of other people on lots of other podcasts and elsewhere have, have talked up how crazy it is to 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 make these changes but surely they can't afford to ruin origin as a spectacle, given how much of a cash cow and, and it, the centrepiece of the game, like, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to see. Well,
1: yeah. So you mentioned before. Obviously, I've done a bit of research. It's just looking at, I guess, what history, what historical data we do have. Really, the last time we had Origin mid-season uh, was 2019. So it's not really even that useful. It was under the old rules, so it could this could mean nothing. But look, looking at it, you know, I looked at, I guess, the three three of the more standout players that I think most highly owned, I guess you could say. So Cleary, he backed up round 13, also backed up round 18, only scored 43 and then scored 85. He did miss rounds 15 and 16 due to injury, Uh, but there was an injury I think he'd picked up during Origin, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, it's a bit of a question mark there on whether he's going to get rested or whether he's going to just be wrapped in cotton wool. Uh, Teddy played round 13 and 18, so he backed up both times. He's got a 60 and a 95. That 95 obviously was him kick-starting his crazy run to the end of the season. And I think he also played round 15, only, played 40, uh, only scored 47. Uh, he was a bit flat from memory, and he missed the other games in between there. So, yeah, look, we see even with Teddy backing up, he still only played – he didn't play that many games across the origin period. So I think it's something – Supercoaches need to think about, like, obviously we've highlighted how high-scoring these fullbacks are. We talked about wanting to have gun fullbacks to to maximize points, but these gun fullbacks could only play potentially three games out of the next eight or nine rounds because of the bias, because of origin, because of being rested and, and things like that. Now, Turbo, uh, he, he had only played two, two games in, in that year, obviously came back late from injury, played round three, round four, got hurt again. And then came back, I think, just on Origin. So he did back up, played rounds 13, 14, 15, scored 62, 167, and 73. And then he missed 16. Obviously, he played Origin round 17. And then came back and backed up in round 18 and scored 106. But again, he played much less footy in that time because obviously he'd had been he'd missed most of the first quarter of season. So yeah, I uh, just it's just so hard to tell what's going to happen I just think it's worth thinking about and, and planning for because a lot of people are running short on trades because they've just been burning trades nonstop. We've got to you know look at the round 13 coverage. Think about how many you want to get for round 17. Think about your final teams as well. I just think all of those things need to be factored in over the next coming weeks as you map out how many trades you're going to burn, how many numbers you really want to get for round 13 and... Yeah, looking at maybe even your final teams. Which players do you want to have in your team that you're not touching? You're just going to carry them through and all of that type of stuff. And yeah, it just it's getting it's going to be really interesting, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, and it also you know all of that really interesting information, mate, and it genuinely was doesn't factor in the fact that most of us have burnt through half our trades already. Um, And there's 14 weeks of the season to go with the most kind of trade intensive period, you know, on the horizon as well. So a lot of us are going to be forced to hold uh, in suboptimal positions. So I think we need to be really strategic about, you know, when we do pull the trigger on the trades and it can't just be, you know, because for one week someone's break-even's high and another person's low or, or maybe just on a single matchup, I think we need to be a lot more discerning uh, on what, you know, on valuing a trade through this period. Um, Sam, you know, we're, all three of us are a little bit old school in our thinking with, with valuing trades highly. Um, that thinking's kind of been turned on its head a little bit this year, but, but you know, what are your thoughts on on trades throughout this period?
2: Well, as I said earlier, guys, I struggle while holding trades here. I've been burning them left, right and centre after starting pretty ordinary um, with my centres and stuff. So I've been trying to focus the guys that I've actually been able to get a hold of. I've been trying to hope that I can hold on to these guys. So as you were talking just then, I was just looking at my team. I I look like I'm going to try and hold Cleary, Munster, Turbo, Teddy, uh, all the way through the buys. And... That Angus Crichton uses just rattled me a bit there and my mind was going over what options I had in place for him.
0: <laughs> and, and it it does appear that Crichton's or, origin will count for Crichton by the looks of things, which is a little bit of a weird one and there's a chance that the Roosters uh, will apply for an origin game to count against Radley's ban if they can successfully prove that he was going to be selected for origin as well so that's a funny only in rugby league uh kind of situation but yeah it does look like um that means Crichton will be back around 14.
2: Well I'll definitely be holding Crichton now yeah no, it's a tough one Joe it's a different ball game from when I took it out in two, uh, 2017 even the buys are structured differently now so to tell you the truth I've n- since 2018 with the new buy system, I still haven't really mastered uh, the way they've done these buys yet, so I'm looking at having big numbers for round 13, but round 17 is going to be an issue. Um, I'm trying to hold on to the guns that I've got for as long as I can, and the uh, the five buy, uh, the five trade buy week, now what round's that, was? is it?
1: It's after 15, 15 and before 16 So there's a two-week gap there Which we they play Origin 2 on the Sunday And then, yeah mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be able to use those trades in that week Which is never fun because We really need them between 16 and 17 Honestly, but yeah
2: it's, Yeah, definitely um, I think I'm probably more concerned After I get through the first buy I'm probably more concerned with bringing in guys That I want to run right through to the end with And not really focus whether they're Round seventeen players or not, so uh, but you know that's why I'm back in the eight eight k this year, boys, and I uh, don't really have to stress over like a lot of other people at the moment.
0: That's right, mate. It's, it's half Will's rank. Um, the <laughs> but and and the killer for seventeen. I mean, if you look at who's available in thirteen, particularly in the centre wing, I mean, you could absolutely run home, you know, with a full six or seven uh, centre wingers who play round thirteen, but. There's some positions for the round uh, 17 buy that are just, wow, it's it's going to be pretty barren. And given the people, you know, a hell of a lot of people are going to be, you know, well under 10 trades, you know, maybe even around five trades at that time. It's it's going to be, you know, a lot of people, even overall players are going to be punting uh, on that final buy round. And speaking of origin, guys, Will, You know, we've kind of outlined a likely list of of Origin players here and, you know, whether there's any surprises now that it's mapped out and whether that impacts, you know, your kind
1: of Origin planning. Do do you want to walk us through some of that? Yeah, look, this is just guessing, obviously, because we don't know what the team's going to be. But especially with the news with Harry Grant, you know, looking still very iffy for Origin, Munster might not be playing. Like, there's a lot of question marks over the Queensland squad which I think it flows on to, you know, a lot of us were looking at the likes of Reed Marnie, even Ben Hunt, guys like that who are fringe origin players and, you know, potentially one or two injuries away or even in the mix for the 18th man. So AJ Brimson, very much in contention now to play origin. Even bloody Corey Allen could get a call up again. Who knows? That's um, uh, <laughs> origin series winning fullback, Corey Allen. That's, that's exactly what I meant when I called him bloody Corey Allen. <laughs> But look, like the Queensland squad, there's so much that can go on there. Like I think if Munster's ruled out for game one, I think Ben Hunt probably comes in at six, although they've talked about either Ponga or Brimson will play one and six, some some combination of that. Uh, I just think if that happens, then Reid Marnie's definitely coming in to the to be, to be the bench hooker because I don't think Grant, if he's fit, will be able to handle 80 minutes of origin. So there's just so many iterations there, which I just think, look, you just want to stay away from it and avoid that altogether. Yeah, I mean, there's no point in us speculating too much into the teams I think, because it's just about the question marks there. Uh, you look at the, the New South Wales team, I mean, I think we all know like Teddy and Turbo are going to be in there, but we're still seeing question marks of, you know, Daniel Tupo should hold his wing spot, but, you know, there's another week where if he's suspended because he's accidentally clipped someone across the head, then Brian To'o Tau- we probably lose him from our teams. You know, they, they're they yeah. saying Jack White and Andrew Lua could be in the seventeen. One of them at 60, the other at 14, which that's obviously a blow to us Lua owners who have held and he's slowly, you know, lost about 120 grand in the last couple of weeks because bloody clear he's taking all his points, literally. And <laughs> yeah, then you look at the back row, I mean, dropping like flies. Like there was a chance even a week and a half ago, Angus Crichton and Victor Radley were two of the starting back rowers. Now they're both gone and Pattenhausen, everyone knew he was going to be the 14, but he's looking doubtful for origin. So the likes of Gutho, Isaiah Yo, uh, Nathan, Jun- yeah, Nathan Brown, Junior Paulo, and Liam Martin out of, out of the blue, Ryan Madison. All of these names are just and, – and like I said, Tavita Pangai. I just think there's so much going on there that I just think if you're going to bring in players this week, make sure they're not eligible for origin. <laughs> if, if if Pangai Jr. and Madison make the
0: blue side, I'm going for a long walk off a short pier. Like honestly, like <laughs> my my buy planning is just flush down the dunny. It's it's just awful. So uh, I'm in a world of hurt if both of those guys go in. Even with one of them, it's not you
2: held Bumbled all this time to play in the boy. <laughs> oh,
0: you know, and and you know, I'm I'm a Crichton owner, I'm a T a TPJ owner, I'm a Matto owner, and you're gonna tell me that because Crichton's out, it increases the chances of the other two who are gonna play for me in thirteen being out. I mean Oh, might take my do- might take my dogs for a walk if that happens—a nice long walk. Well, the- I
2: honestly believe Panguy and uh, Brown won't make it. I just think the speed of Origin this year and the way penalties are given—and I mean Nathan Brown it was going off in that game on the weekend was all but ready to be sent in by the looks of the I, I don't think he'd be trusted in Origin this year, and Pangoi is a little bit the same. Once he fatigues it's in him, his arm slips up a little bit higher, and I don't think the Blues
0: will. Um, Trust those two guys this year. Well, that was the crazy thing because, you know, two of the smarter coaches in the NRL, in Trent Robertson and Brad Arthur, you know, any, any every man in his dog, whether on TV or in the crowd, could tell that Victor Radley had, you know, had the red mist and he was going to do something silly and he did about six silly things. Get him off, Robbo. Um, Nathan Brown, same thing. Like that guy was, he was almost begging the ref, you know, to to send him, and Arthur kept him out there. Like, I, I just don't understand why, you know, they weren't pulled because given how things are, you know, Radley's rubbed out for five matches, Brown avoided an incident, thank God, but, you know, logic would say that an Origin coach wouldn't want to take them in because of the risk, but then, again, you look at these two smart coaches that could have and should have pulled them
1: uh, before they did something more silly and they kept them out there. It's insane, isn't it? It just doesn't... I just think the thing with Origin, obviously, like if someone does get Sinbin, it's huge. Like it's just, it's a game where they don't score many points. So if you get to play one, one extra man up for 10 minutes, like that's pretty much the game. Like that one or two tries that you might score in that period.
0: And it's it's what it does to the team, to the 12 players who stay on as well. So it's not just the points you ship, it's the fatigue that the extra 12 have as well. And we've seen that before in Origin. So look, again, like I said, I'll be watching it through, you know, my hands over my eyes and and just hope that these rules don't kind of ruin it as a spectacle. So guys, you know, we've had a a good chat uh, in depth about all the the ramifications of suspensions and, and Origin uh stuff so it's time to talk about what trades we're actually making really the crichton news I'm, I'm i think i'm going to stick fat with my plans i will hold him and i'm going to try and do no trades i'm like sam i've only held the one i uh, saved the one uh so far this year so i'm already down to 18 uh less than half of what we started with will you probably have a few more burning issues than than the busters
1: yeah, I don't have enough back rollers. Basically, I've only got David Feeder, Barnett. I still got Curran. I've got uh, Angus Crichton, obviously suspended. I've got Ben Turbo there as enough. And my very ill-advised, stupid, panic trade of Victor Radley last week. So yeah, that's again typifies how badly my season's going. <laughs> but I, I just I need a back roll basically. So like last week, I needed a back and my original target of Kenny Bromwich was ruled out with injury and. Yeah, don't don't get caught trading while you're at work. Is my my lesson there? I uh, had I was on the phone with clients and realized I was running out of time before before I had to trade. And I just thought, look, let's just get Radley. He he's, he should make some cash for a few weeks. Easy easy matchup. He could score well against the Broncos. And yeah, it, it's a sweet feeling when your team turns up and actually does really well and gets the win, and then ruins everything else for your super coach. And that's always the problem when you're on phone on the phone with clients earning nine ninety five a
0: minute, Wilf. Um, you know it's uh, you know that's too much money to uh, to hang up. Sam, you don't have the problem. I don't have that problem. Uh, so what trades are you uh, looking at this week, mate?
2: At the moment, I'm looking at Walker to Burton.
0: Um...
2: With Munster, well, I was expecting Munster to be playing this week So if I don't, um, I'm going to be short of 5-8 with Gamble being out There is a bit of value there or well, not a bit of value But I like the jewel uh, that Burton and Gamble give each other So I can swap around if I have to um, So Burton is one I'll be looking to bring in um, And I'll be upgrading Saab to another centre Um that's where I've really struggled all year. If I get rid of Saab this week, um, yeah, I'll finally have four decent centers or five decent centers I'll feel comfortable playing with. So, um, well, um, Kelly, I was looking at bring in Kelly this week. I didn't mind his work rate right, with David for feeder back there, and you're ready to jump ship. Is there something else I should be looking at to another center instead of Kelly? Or
1: I think he's fine. Like he's a safe option because he's going to make some cash for you the next couple of weeks, but. I mean, he's been pretty pretty underwhelming. The left wing is actually better because <laughs> of all the space that David Fita creates uh, for the winger because everyone's jamming up on him. So, yeah, I think as a short-term mentor, maybe even Philip Sammy. I don't know when Corey Thompson's back, but obviously he's expensive because he was scoring all those tries and Kelly was missing out basically. So, I mean, I like Kelly as a player. Just the way I thought the extra space and time he would get with David Fita on his inside just it it was it was too good it mis made all the space on the wing so cory thompson ran for line breaks for days basically and and yeah it was just didn't quite work out the way i envis- envisaged it it was i was on the right track just the wrong player basically same methodology which you know got me interested
0: and and i brought badman best in thinking thinking that barnett on the left edge and ponger would create a hell of a lot of space as well but um you know, not only injuries, but when he's been on the field, he's uh, sunk like a stone as well. So, I've got him rotting there. You know, he's someone that, in a vacuum, you'd think is a gun, and and plays round thirteen, but he's is down at four forty two k, and with a break even of eighty, likely to drop even more. So, he's he's the kind of guy I'd steer away from, and and even Nofaluma has a break even of ninety as well. So, you know, lots of guns or former guns playing in the centre wing on round thirteen, but you know, a lot of them also out of form.
1: It's rough yeah. this year, isn't it?
0: <laughs> so, guys, you know, obviously we've gone for a significant amount of time. I think we've talked through all the the trade uh, machinations. Wilf, uh, to bring us home, do you want to tell us a little bit more about the group comp?
1: Yeah, just the weekly group comp update. Go to cfccoachchampion.com. Our two champs, Reese, uh, coach of Thorns Legion, and MJ, coach of 4020s, so 12th and 14th, pipped right now by the team in second. That's Robert, the coach of Centurions, who I had a look at his team. His team is stacked. It looks really, really strong. I think he's in a fantastic position to really push for the uh, overall competition this year. But yeah, good luck, Robert. I know our, our little uh, super Coach champion ring and the $200 dollar voucher will pale in comparison to what you might win if you stick it out. But uh, it'll be an extra little bonus for you if you do. So yeah, don't forget promo code CHAMP, 10% off, free shipping. But yeah, good luck to those guys. Sam, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's always great hearing from you. And I always feel so encouraged afterwards. And, you know, even though us dinosaurs who, you know, won so many years ago, <laughs> our, our, our strategies might be a little bit outdated, but I think our insights still have to be taken into account. That's why it's great to get your insight always. So <laughs> thanks again for coming on. We uh, appreciate your, uh, you, you joining us and, and we'd love to get you on again later this year, especially when Bear's not around.
2: That sounds not a problem, Wolf. It's always a pleasure coming on, Joe. It's been uh, great to catch up with you as well, buddy.
1: Great talking to
0: you, mate. Always a pleasure, and uh, you're welcome back on any time.
1: Sounds and, good, fellas. And just a final shout-out to our champs. Thank you again for your support. Really appreciate it, and we'll keep smashing that uh, by planning and the preparation and discord. Thank you for listening as well. Make sure you review, subscribe. Let us know what we can continue doing better we would like to keep tweaking and improving our content. So making sure we give you guys what you want to hear. So yeah, thanks again. Good luck to you all for your decision-making this week and we will catch you again soon.